And welcome to the Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. Alex Savage Project back again, recording for the Thursday episode on the 16th of July, 2020. So I got a couple things to talk about today. Obviously, we got another throwback Thursday. Also, I want to talk about Trey Boston's tweet and this whole NFL, NFL PA thing regarding player safety. And also how some stadiums are having fans and some stadiums aren't. So let's get to the Trey Boston tweet. So a lot of players, including Nate Solder, which I mentioned on the last podcast episode, have been discussing their displeasure with the NFL on safety precautions regarding COVID-19. So here's Trey Boston's tweet from a couple of days ago. I'm pretty sure this was yesterday, if not the day before. Breaking news. We still don't have answers. LMAO crying face. We all expected this, let's be honest. We knew we wouldn't have answers. We haven't had answers in weeks, but each meeting we're supposed to have these covered to give us time. They say it's mutating, but we got this controlled. Laughing, crying face, same thing. Okay, so I got a couple of views on this. The NFL should really step up the game here because you got training camp next week or the week after. You got the preseason two games at the end of August, and you got the regular season. That's my side of that one part. And also note the fact that they're trying to take away 35% of the players' salaries to cover the cost for this season. And mind you, some of the stadiums are having fans, maybe it's like 20-25%, some aren't. But you could still accumulate that money. So I understand why you're taking the players' salaries out. You're still, you know, playing a whole 16-game season expectedly. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Maybe another outbreak comes through and you decide to cancel the season. It's going to be interesting, as I said so many times. But I don't think 35% of salaries taken back is really the responsible thing for the NFL to do. Listen, everybody in the sports world has lost some sort of money when it comes to this COVID-19 pandemic where there's no games, there's no this, there's no that, there's no other thing, right? But the billion-dollar owners still are billionaires, and they can afford to lose a little money. They'll still be millionaires, but... Other people say, oh, Goodell doing anything just to make his money. Well, they're right about that. And I don't blame them for saying that because Goodell has been a little greedy on occasion with some of these things and issues regarding the money and not regarding the money and the safety precautions. Again, training camps in a couple of weeks. You got the preseason, you got the regular season. Only two preseason games this season due to COVID-19 restrictions. But what are those restrictions going to be? I know they were trying to come up with this helmet that has, like, some new features on it to make it look like a mask. I mean, it doesn't fully look like a mask, but they added something to it to probably decrease the air blown in each other's face, but still able to breathe. So, they haven't necessarily put a full-fledged plan out there. But, let's not forget that there's something called the NFL Board of Representatives. That's for players. And players represent the other players from the respective teams, so on and so forth. Why don't you come up with a plan? Why don't you at least advise in a plan? Now, I don't think Trey Boston is a part of the NFLPA Board of Representatives for the players. I know Solder is. I know J.C. Treader of the Browns is the Browns starting center. Why don't you help advise a plan? Instead of sitting there crying about how the NFL doesn't have a plan or a full-fledged plan for helping protect players from COVID-19. How about you do that? You're on a board of representatives for some reason. How about you actually show your support for the players and said, okay, let me construct an idea. 
So if you think about it, it's really similar but not that similar to the MLB in that fashion because they were arguing over money and once they get the restrictions out for the NFL, if they still plan to take away 35% of the salary, you bet there's going to be a fight and people are going to be opting out and people are going to be like, oh, well, you shouldn't be taking our salary, which is right because, again, you're having 16 games and even though there are no fans, you're still getting the revenue. Probably through merchandise as well. So, I think the NFL could afford to lose a little bit of money. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying they should. But, at this point in the game, stop ripping off the players. Really. I mean, come on now. It is absolutely nobody's fault, and not your own, that this COVID-19 thing happened. But you know what? Don't rip off the players' salaries just because your billion-dollar owners don't want to take a hit in their revenue and their salary or whatever you want to call it, their pay, their earning for the year. It's kind of stupid in my opinion. One thing also is going to be interesting this year. So the Patriots have announced that 20% of their capacity in Gillette Stadium will be allowed this year. That's approximately 13,175 people. The Packers and the Philadelphia Eagles, they're not having fans this year. That kind of, in my opinion, is a good decision. I know Philly is still bad with coronavirus, apparently, according to my sources. But also, Green Bay gets very cold, obviously. It's near Canada. And if a COVID outbreak hits in the winter or possibly in the late fall, you're kind of screwed. Because COVID comes out, really, apparently, more in the wintertime and when it's colder. And I'm pretty sure Green Bay, you don't want to be in that place when COVID-19 has another outbreak and it's severely cold outside and that's just another way to get it. I know the Ravens and the Chiefs, they're also doing limited capacity. I think theirs is like 20% if I'm not mistaken. But it's going to be interesting because some stadiums will and won't have fans. Obviously, I said some of the ones that will and will not. I know Phil Murphy, the governor for New Jersey, is still trying to push for some fans at MetLife Stadium, so that's a glimpse of hope for Giant and Jet fans. But we'll see how New Jersey reacts. I know that Governor Cuomo of New York could be leaning towards not allowing any fans at Bills games. In my opinion, I see it's a good way of going with things. Some stadiums open, some not, because right now, some places still have COVID-19, and you don't want those spots to heat up again. But then on the same spectrum, you think about it, Would you rather have some stadiums open and not open or just have limited capacity in all stadiums or no fans in all stadiums? No fans in the stands is what MLB is doing. It's what NASCAR is doing, for right now at least. So I wonder if there's going to be a pickle about that, especially the way the NFL is and with Goodell always wanting his money. But we'll see. And before I get into something else, I want to talk about something. So, the other day, Justin Pettick said on Twitter, basically saying how everybody at the beginning was saying, DeAndre Baker's a criminal, you know, he's a criminal, he should go to jail for what he did. And then, reports came out later that saying that the witnesses now said that he was not involved. And then you had those people, specifically in this situation, talking about, oh, they paid off the witnesses. And... Justin Pennick was trying to say, 
oh, you're proud of your conspiracy theory there? You're proud that you actually predicted that and have that much hate towards a player that you predicted what was going to happen in a horrible way for the Giants and DeAndre Baker? You had so much time on your hands to predict that? I may not have it 100% in explaining it, but he's right. People pledging themselves and people always praising themselves, oh, I got this correct. Yeah, but you're wishing for something that, in your mind, you wouldn't even want to wish for. Because when the whole Baker thing came out and the witnesses started saying, oh, well, he wasn't involved, you had people saying that, oh, well, he paid off the witnesses. They were right about that, but they didn't want to be right in their own mind and heart. Because they're Giants fans, unless you're a Cowboys fan or an Eagles fan or a Redskins fan, as of right now, you wanted that to happen, and that's that. But the point I'm trying to get across here is those Giants fans are saying, oh, he paid off the witnesses, and then they got right about that, but then lost a little bit in their heart and in their mind because they predicted that, and they're praising themselves because they're so right on it. If I'm not explaining something here, at least, you know, you're getting the point, because... That's just how people can be so negative these days. Especially in that sort of situation. I know DeAndre Baker didn't have a good season, didn't have a good rookie season, but at least don't hate the player just because of the way he played on the field. Don't have so much hate for the player because of that. And again, why are you predicting something that you know you're going to hate and despise in the end, but you do it anyway just for the follows and the clout? It doesn't make any sense, honestly. And you're just making yourself more miserable by doing that. Anyway, let's get to the next topic before the Throwback Thursday topic. Now, obviously, Saquon Barkley's rating was changed in Madden back to a 91 what he was last year because EA finally succumbed to the Saquon Barkley fan club, and which I was a part of because I didn't believe that Aaron Jones was better than Saquon Barkley. But they succumbed to the Barkley and the Giant fan club, and they finally boosted his rating. It'd be interesting to see if they actually do that for anybody else. And I know people are going to be like, oh, you guys did it for Barkley. Why are you not doing it for this player? Well, because, I don't know. It's not Giants fans' fault that EA screwed up on their ratings for the 90th time. So, but also, let's talk about the team ratings. Now, this one kind of pissed me off in a way. Let's take a look at some key ones. The Dolphins, a 76 overall. Now, I point this out because the Dolphins had a great offseason. One of the best. I mean, Flores is a coach to flourish with that talent. We'll see. But they signed Kyle Van Noy. They signed the best cornerback in Byron Jones. They're trying to fix up that offensive line. And the defense already looks good. And Flores is a defensive coach. So, that's going to be something to see this season. But that's not worth a 76 overall. 76 is probably just about average or a little bit below average for Madden ratings. That's particularly a green rating because if you're a 75 or a 74 that means you're a yellow rating and anybody below that it's an orange rating if you play Madden. Kansas City is lower than the Dallas Cowboys. Kansas City is at an 82 overall. Cowboys are an 83. If you know football the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. The Cowboys didn't even make it to the playoffs and you tell me they're a better team in Madden than the Chiefs? Let's look at another one. The Buccaneers are better than the Chiefs in Madden. I get they have Tom Brady, they got Gronk. Gronk is a 95 overall for some reason, which he missed a year. And, oh, he's the greatest tight end that ever lived. 
I don't I don't get that. I don't get that Madden. I don't get that EA at all because you know overrated players, of course. So they got Brady, they got Godwin, they got Gronk, they got Evans. That's unproven. Why? Because you saw what happened to the Browns. This is the similar hype, everybody. Everybody's going to say, oh, the Bucs are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, they got Brady a quarterback. And if they underachieve, everybody's going to take back what they said and say they never said it. So that's going to be interesting what happens with the Bucs this year. I'm not saying that the Bucs should lose. I personally don't care about what the Bucs do as long as we get a win against them. And predicting, I don't think we will. But if they lose more than they're expected to, I don't want to hear broadcasters saying about how they never said that the hype was real. So let's let's keep that in our pocket right now. Because right now the Chiefs are actually proven to be a good team. They won the Super Bowl last year. Again. And for some reason the 49ers, they're rated better than they are. The 49ers lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. How are you going to tell me that they're better than the Chiefs if they lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs? Don't give me all this ref crap, please. Because if EA wants to do that, let's go back and see how many blown calls that EA has missed with the referees in their own game before we talk about outside. Before I go on to more, this probably is something that they want to do because they want to limit the high scoring and they got so many complaints with that in the fixed Madden franchise. That probably is what they want to do. And this is not a good way of doing it. Just do something in the algorithm that limits the scores. I mean, not all the way, but not having a 42-45 blowout every game. Seriously. The Jaguars are 78. That's the same as the Giants. And I put that up on my Twitter post. Name me five players that the Jaguars have to help contribute. I can name four. Okay. Yannick Ngakwe, Miles Jack, Andrew Norwell, and Leonard Fournette. Fournette if he's healthy. That's it. The rest of the team, they're rebuilding. Let's be honest there. How were they as valuable as the Giants? The Giants made a couple of good offseason moves. Blake Martinez, if you like him or not. James Bradbury, trying to get some pass rush with Kyler Fackrell. They also selected the best tackle in the draft, in my opinion, with Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. I don't get how the Bills are in 81. They got a good defense. Their offense is slowly up and coming. The Vikings are in 80. They were a couple steps away from making the Super Bowl. They just lost to the 49ers, though, in the playoffs. The Panthers are 78. Again, other than McCaffrey and some of the other players they have, who do they have? They're rebuilding. That's why they hired Matt Rule. Matt Rule's good at rebuilding in college. In college. Not in the NFL. That's my take on it. I know Panthers fans are all hyped out about him. Yeah, good for you. I don't believe the hype, to be honest with you. They're not going to go ahead and win 15 games this season. Teddy Bridgewater, he's a good quarterback. He's a 75 overall on the Panthers roster. I don't believe that for crap, but I don't think he's going to carry that whole roster. Curtis Samuel's good. DJ Moore is good. Christian McCaffrey's good. I just don't think that as a team, they can put it together. And Madden, you know, of course, wants to devalue the Giants as the same as them, as the same as a rebuilding team who are in the first steps of rebuilding when the Giants are in the couple of the last, when next year they could probably be contenders. For some reason, the Eagles were in 83 when they were just a above-average team in a crappy division. 83 overall, better than the Chiefs. I don't get that. Again, the Washington Redskins, 77 overall. How are they not better than the Panthers or possibly the 
Jaguars. They have a good defense. Look at the signings they made. Ronald Darby, Kendall Fuller, they added Chase Young. That's more than a 77 overall, in my opinion. I would like to see the player overalls that impact that. I really do. I really do. Because apparently, the Jaguars are better than they are. When the Redskins actually have some good pieces on defense, and I know the Jaguars have Nagakwe and Jack, but who else is on that defense? Jalen Ramsey and Boyer are gone. Don't tell me that. And also, I'm going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers for once as a team. In this case, as as a Madden team. They're an 82 overall, right? But their defense is an 81, and their offense is an 83. Big Ben is expected to have it under 80 overall. Now, I got you got James Conner. I think he was only below an 82, which doesn't make much sense because, if anything, he carried some of the offense last year when Big Ben was hurt, so they had to rely on the running game. And then, take a look at the defense. I know people are complaining about T.J. Watt only being an 86, which, in my opinion, maybe 88, 89, possibly 90 because he put up some of the biggest sacks last year for the Steelers. So... That part I don't get in that case because T.J. Watt is a game changer for them. And then he's that overall, but they totally relied on the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense last year. Big Ben is getting an under 80 overall, but you're going to give the offense a bigger overall. That doesn't make any sense to me. If I'm missing something, please explain. But right now, I just don't really see how that makes much of sense maybe they're relying on pff i know a lot of people are claiming that i'm gonna sit back and watch i'm not gonna make stabs at them right away but i said to somebody on twitter i said i'm not surprised if they would do that i really wouldn't be surprised also bradley chubb's only in 81 i mean he got double digit sacks the year before and then last year he was out with a season-ending injury i mean you can't fault him because of the injury why lower his overall all the way to that I mean, I don't know what his overall was last year, but this year it's obviously worse. I mean, come on now. Seriously. Like, you're going to tell me that, oh, he got a season-ending injury, so we're going to lower his overall. It's all based on narrative stuff. Like, obviously, you just heard the rant from me about the Bucks, right? That's narrative fitting. And, of course, people are going to support that. I know Bucks fans will, but... You only got so many teams that are above an 85. I think we only got one or two. The only one I can see is the Saints. They're an 85. They didn't even go to the Super Bowl last year. They lost the Vikings. So, I don't know. I just see a stained narrative just spreading all over the place. Again, as I mentioned before, I'm going to end this subject like this. If this is what Madden is doing to prevent the high scoring, they're not doing a good job. So... And someone explained to me something about gameplay and algorithm. Yeah, you could try that and just have it make sense to me. But I'm not going to sit here and play guinea pig and reindeer and then have this and then still have high scoring. So I don't know what problem they were trying to resolve by doing this. But again, EA proceeds to block people that point out their faulty narrative and faulty gameplay. Seriously. I know that the only NFL game out there... But it seems that the owners and the players coincide with them because they keep getting money and stuff like that. So here's my Throwback Thursday topic for this week. It happens every two weeks. This week's edition, Chicago Bears versus New York Giants, week 13, 2018. Not too long ago and very memorable. And in the abysmal season, the first season under Pat Shermer, the 
Giants, up to Week 13, had three wins coming up to that point against the Texans, 49ers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Giants were coming off a Week 12 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, in which they had blown a 19-3 lead. Chase Daniel was starting his second game that season in place for the injured Mitchell Trubisky. The second play of the game was a pick six by Giants linebacker Alvo Wittrell. With the extra point, the Giants took a 7-0 lead early in the game. After an interception by Chicago's Kyle Fuller, the Giants forced another turnover of their own when Ogletree picked off Chase Daniel once again. His third pick in three games and his fourth interception on the season. This was a relief for him since other than his interceptions, he was having another down year. After a couple of ensuing drives, the Bears reached the goal line and on a fourth and goal handed the ball off to Akeem Hicks on a refrigerator type play for the second Bears touchdown of the game. Towards the end of the half, when the Giants gave up two straight sacks to the Chicago pass rush, on a third and 22, the Giants handed the ball off to running back Saquon Barkley in hopes of running out the clock in that half. He busted out for a 20-yard run and then going out of bounds, leaving six seconds on the clock. On a fourth and two, Eli Manning threw a short pass to Rhett Ellison, in which Rhett Ellison was forced out of bounds, leaving one second left on the game for the half. Alger Grossos, who missed one field goal all year, came on to kick a career-long 57-yard field goal to end the half, setting the score 14-10 Chicago lead. A couple minutes into the first drive for the Giants, coming out of the half, the Giants decided to pull some trickery. For the second time this season, the Giants tossed the football to star wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. to make a passing attempt downfield, and he did, to a wide open Russell Shepard, and the Giants took a 17-14 lead. After the Giants scored another touchdown later, Chicago embarked on a comeback trail. After the two-minute warning, Rosas made another field goal, making it 27-17. The Bears hiked down the field to have Cody Parkin make a 21-yard field goal, cutting the score to 27-20. Down by touchdown, the Bears recovered the attempted onside kick after the field goal. With a pass interference on BWM in the end zone with three seconds ago, the Bears were able to score a touchdown on a Philly special type play to tie the game and send it to overtime. With the Giants winning the toss and receiving the ball first, they ran down the field and Alger Grossos kicked yet another field goal to take the lead 30-27. On the Bears' ensuing drive, Chase Daniel fumbled the football, but Chicago did recover. On fourth down and eight, Janoris Jenkins batted a pass downfield intended for Taylor Gabriel, ending the game and securing the Giants' fourth win of 2018 and their last home win of that season. The following week, the Giants recorded their last win of that season, a 40-16 win against their rival, the Washington Redskins. That is this week's Throwback Thursday. So that is today's episode of the Bleeding Bit Blue Podcast. Catch us next week, Tuesday and Thursday, where we have our weekly episodes. Watch for Madden streams, simulation, and Bengals franchise streams. Follow our social media pages at Bleeding Bit Blue Podcast, our Instagram, and our Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for the Madden streams, film, reviews, and our podcast episodes. Also, listen and download our episodes on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, CastBox, and Overcast. Also, join our Discord server. I leave that in the bio of my Twitter and Instagram pages and our YouTube description links. Thank you guys for supporting, and we'll see you next week.